and so uh, in the book of Numbers, of course, Moses is, is they've led the people uh, out of Egypt. Now they're in the wilderness, and uh, there's a lot of people there. There's uh, uh, probably about two million people there in the, in the nation of Israel wandering around in the wilderness. And so uh, at this point, you know, Moses was the man, right? Everybody that had problems came to Moses, and so um, uh, after a while, you know, it got, uh, got kind of busy there, uh, and so uh, the, uh, Moses needed some help. So let's read what it says here in, uh, in the book of Numbers, ch- chapter 16. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather uh, unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand uh, with thee. Uh, and so, so the Lord, uh, it says in verse 17, And I will come down and talk with thee there, and I will take of the Spirit which is upon thee, and put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, and thou shalt bear it not thyself alone. Uh, and so, you know, this is a, a, a common uh, verses here that talks about the elders uh, of Israel. Uh, and a while back, the Lord just started dealing with me that uh, it'd be, it would be helpful for us to appoint uh, some elders here at the ministry, and so I've asked, um, I've asked uh, Brother Tony Potter and Jerry Allen if they would be el- elders here in the ministry, and they've agreed to do that. Uh, and the the key here is that the pur- the purpose of an elder is uh, to what he said there to bear the burden of the people with thee, uh, and it's not that we have a lot of burdens here, uh, but there's just things that uh, would be helpful to uh, uh, to do or to have elders help us with. You know, calling folks, checking up on folks, things like that, and helping uh, uh, discipling the people of the church and other things as well. Uh, and um, uh, But the, the key for elders is that, uh, that they are, are of the same spirit uh, as a pastor. Uh, and, and if you know uh, Brother Tony and uh, Brother Jerry, you know that their heart is the, heart, the same heart that I have. Uh, and that's really the key for appointing any elders is that they're really just an extension of the same work that the pastor is doing. Uh, and um, uh, and so uh, they they have agreed to do that. And so what I'd like to do after praise and worship, I'm going to call them up, and I'd like to lay hands on them and just separate them for the work uh, of being elders here in the church. And um, and so um, that's what we're going to do. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, and so uh, the uh, the my desire is that things just run smoothly in the church, and they're they're not running poorly or anything like that. But uh, it's to our advantage to, to designate some folks uh, as elders in the church here. Uh, and, you know, as the church grows, there's always other things that we need to get done and positions that we've got to fill. Uh, but uh, it was just the Lord's been dealing with me about that really for several months now, probably more than a year, about doing things. And so, uh, you know, I'm not super fast about getting things done sometimes, but, um, but we want to make things, are done, things done, done well and according to the, to the will and plan of God. Amen. Uh, and so we'll do that after praise and worship. And then, um, and then we'll get into the service. Amen. So let's greet each other for just a minute, and then we'll get into uh, praise and worship. That it's so. Father, we hear your spirit. We choose to believe that it's so. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness, Father. Thank you, Father. We choose to believe. Father, we give you praise and honor for these things. We thank you for them, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If I can have uh, Tony and, and Jerry come up here. I'd like to lay hands on them today. And um, Chris, if you can come down and help me. Father, we thank you. For your goodness and kindness and mercy, Father. Father, we thank you for watching over us and being good to us, Father. And speaking to us, Father. And Father, we thank you for the ministry of Word of Truth Church, Father, what you've called us to do. Father, we we thank you that you found us faithful to call us into the ministry. Lord, we thank you that... uh, that you have assigned positions in the body of Christ beyond the fivefold ministry. Father, to be a help to the calling and the, the, the vision that you've placed in each and every location. So, Father, we thank you. As we appoint these elders today, Father, 
that they'll just be an extension of what you've called this ministry to do, Father. A continuation, Father, of what you've called this ministry to do. Father, we thank you. It's always an honor to be a servant of the God. Father, the greatest calling of all of our lives is to be a servant. And so, Father, we choose to serve you. And so, Father, we thank you for this day to assign elders, Father, to the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And, Father, by the direction of the Spirit of God, we lay hands on Tony, Father, and Jerry Allen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you. That which you placed in me, Father, I impart unto them. Father, that which the heart you've given to me, Father, I impart to them, Father. As the example that you gave us to Moses, Father, same spirit, Father, that was in Moses and upon Moses, Father, is now upon the elders. Father, the same spirit that you placed upon me and in me, Father, I impart unto Jerry. In the name of Jesus, Father, to see things, Father, and to have the same heart for people, Father, to know the plan and will of God for this ministry, Father, and the directions you've given to us. And Father, we thank you that with the anointing comes great grace, Father, to accomplish your plan and will in the earth. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. This day, Father, this day, I thank you, Father, for this day. And Lord, I thank you things that even he's not known or seen before, Father, he'll know and see. We thank you for that, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And Father, I thank you for the ministry of the Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the God, calling God upon this ministry, Father. And Father, the spirit that you placed upon me, Father, and in me to accomplish this work, Father, I impart the same spirit to the Brother Tony, Father, to help accomplish the same work, the same vision, Father, the same spirit, Father, to see and to know, Father, same spirit, Father, to deliver your grace and kindness, Father, to people. Father, the same spirit and heart and attitude, Father, to advance your word and increase your spirit, Father, among the people. We thank you, Father. Same spirit, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father. And yes, Father, yes, Father, you said in your word that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, Father. And so, Father, I thank you. The gifts and callings, Father, from before the foundation of the world, Father, are still real today, are still so today, Father. You judge a man after his heart, Father, and not after his past. And so, Father, I thank you that you made Brother Tony qualified, Father, to be an elder of the church. And we thank you for that, Father. And we just stand in agreement with your spirit and with your plan, Father. Father, I thank you. Same spirit, Father, that you placed upon this ministry, Father, is imparted into Brother Tony. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that in all things you get all glory and honor, Father. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the call of God upon this ministry. That we will execute it with faithfulness, Father, and diligence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. And Father, we just want to thank you for being kind to us, for speaking to us, Father, for giving us your blessings each and every day. Father, as the song said, we choose to believe. We thank you for them, Father. We give you praise and honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. We thank him for all the things he's done for us. And he's just good. Amen. Uh, and so uh, let's uh, open up our Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. We're going to just, uh, of course, we finished up that for the most part last week. But we were talking about uh, Paul, and, um, you know, Paul was needing an answer from the Lord. And uh, the first time he prayed and asked the Lord uh, to help him in a situation, what did the Lord say or do? But the first time, the Lord did, did, did said nothing, right? I mean, he said he asked how many times? Three times to remove the thorn in the flesh. And, of course, we went through the scriptures and we said, uh, based upon the, what the scriptures say, and that's the best way to interpret the scriptures from the scriptures, that the thorn in the flesh was not sickness and disease, it was people. Uh, and and it, you know, as soon as you say that, everybody goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a thorn in the flesh right now. You know, you're thinking about that guy right there. I mean, you know, I don't want any names, but you all are thinking about the one right there, right? You know, neighbor or cousin or aunt or whatever, you know, whatever it is, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and that makes a lot more sense than sickness and disease because uh, Paul knows that, that uh, he was healed of God, right? That he was supernatural, by his stripes he was healed. And so he doesn't, he, no, no question to Paul about the healing power of God that is available today. So that never crossed his mind that the Lord wanted him to be sick. Uh, uh, because if that was so, then you have to invalidate both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Well, I don't think Paul was going to uh, change the word of God and the plan of God. Uh, but... We do find that uh, the Lord said that with all things that you get from the Lord, you'll also get persecutions. He never said that you'd be free from persecutions. Amen. Uh, and so uh, sometimes people want to persecute you. And, uh, and sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. You've got to just put up with it, right? And, and of course, the first time Paul said, hey, Lord, can you get rid of this fellow out of my life? Silence from heaven. You know, sometimes we ask for things that are not the will of God. And the Lord has no obligation to answer you. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to say no because it's not a valid scripture, not a valid request. Second time Paul asked to have this thorn removed out of his side, whoever this person was or people, silence from heaven, nothing. So the question for us is, how bad do you want an answer? Right? How, how bad do you want to get an answer? Even if you're wrong. You know, Paul didn't think he was wrong, but he was wrong because the Lord said, I'm not doing that. He said, the grace I've given to you, my supernatural power I've given to you is sufficient to deal with this person. Uh, and so it took Paul three times to get an answer from heaven. And, and what ba basically the Lord rebuked him. Now, he was kind about it, right? But he rebuked him and said, no, I'm not removing that. I've given you power to deal with the situation. You deal with the situation. Uh, and so uh, then Paul, he, he got it, right? He didn't get mad like Jonah got mad, right, when the Lord told him to do something. Uh, he got it because he said, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, right? Or my weaknesses or my inability to deal with this person. Uh, you know, it's oftentimes for me, it's not about can I do something? It's do I want to do something, right? You know, you can deal with people, but who wants to deal with terrible people all the time? Amen. You want to sign up for that job? Right? Yeah, Lord, give me all the worst people in the world to deal with. Nobody wants that job. Amen. If you do, then we've got, you know, medication for that. Uh, and so... Uh, no, you know, sometimes you've got to deal with people and you don't want to deal with people. Uh, and you ask the Lord to get rid of the people and the Lord's like, but you're the only one who could help that person. I've assigned you to help that person. Uh, and, you know, uh, you may be the only, the only person in the world willing to put up with that person long enough to help them. Now, look, I have had experiences where the Lord has put me in place, and I've told you some of those stories, years, and I was still unsuccessful. Well, when you remember when the Lord went to his own hometown, Nazareth, right? What did the Bible say? He could there do what? No mighty works because of their unbelief. Well, uh, so he was not successful in helping the people of his own hometown. So Jesus was a failure. No, you, I don't think you would say Jesus was a failure. The people were a failure. Amen. 
sometimes, you know, you may invest significant amounts of time to help somebody and they still never get it. They're still worth it. That's the thing you have to, have to understand and appreciate. God loves them. And, and maybe they never get it. But uh, he wants to make sure when they stand before them, he, they can't say, Lord, you never sent anybody to help me. And then he'll show them a list. He'll show them the, the agony and the pain that people went through to help them. The years of prayers and intercession that they refused to yield to. Uh, and they'll be without excuse. He's not doing it, you know, just to cover his own basis. He does it because he cares about people. And he wants to give everybody, the, uh, as long as they're breathing air, they've got a shot. Uh, and you may be the only person willing to do that, right? The only, the, you remember he, he prayed in Ezekiel. Remember, uh, he said he sought for a man that would pray and intercede. And he found what? None. Sometimes he can't find anybody to help. Now, you think about that. How many people are on the earth? Eight billion. Now, I know there were eight billion people back, back in the day. But there was millions and millions of people on the, on the earth at that time. He couldn't find a single one that would help. Not one. And so, you know, you think, well, Lord, get somebody else. You may be the only one. You know, when, when uh, Lester Sumrall was in his 80s, the Lord said, I want you to go buy a boat and, and take it to Asia, like the Philippines and areas like that, and go feed the children. And, and Brother Lester's like, Lord, I'm 80, you know. Get, get a younger guy to do that, right? Uh, you want to sign up for that when you're 80 years old? Go buy a boat. A big boat, right? It wasn't a, just a little trolley boat. It was a big boat to uh, feed the people. And, and the Lord said, well, he said, I could, but he said, I can trust you. Other people would do that, and they would, they would use it for their own benefit. Start collecting money, you know, building a kingdom of their own. Uh, and, and um, you know, uh, it's just like when you go down, and they got those little jars at the gas station, right? Give a quarter to help, you know, to feed the, the children. Well, that's great, you know, and it sounds wonderful, but then you're going to ask, well, how much of that quarter goes to those kids, Right. Oh, you know, uh, it, it's uh, one penny out of the quarter, right? And the other 24 cents goes in my pocket. So I don't give to those things because I don't know these people. I don't know their, what, what, how much they give. Amen. Uh, now, if they tell me they give 100%, fine, right? But I still want to know it. There, there are plenty of good things. You know, Samaritan's Purse, you know, with uh, 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 Brother Graham, uh, you know, I mean, that's who Frank and Graham, you know, that, uh, they, they, do, they do good uh, with, their, uh, with their ministries. But you can't, you got to be careful about, you know, what you do about stuff like that. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but you may be the only one willing to help. The only one. Well, Lord, there's plenty of people. No, there's really not. The people willing to follow plans God, God, the plan of God are actually more rare than you imagine. Amen. Uh, and so, you know, Paul was here. When the Lord corrected him, he said, I'll gladly do it. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities and my weaknesses or my desire to help this person. He said that the power, the supernatural miracle work and power of Christ may rest upon me. He knew that uh, when the Lord said, my grace is sufficient, the Lord didn't say, I'm going to give you more grace. He said, what you've already got right now is plenty capable of dealing with that situation. A lot of times, you know, the, the member of the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Well, why'd they say that? Because they were looking for a loophole. Well, we were going to do it, but the Lord didn't give us any more faith. So, I mean, we, we wanted to help, but we asked the Lord for more faith, and he, he, he didn't give it to us. So, not our fault that this person is not going to now be helped, right? No, 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 no longer my fault. And oftentimes, the Lord's like, everything you have in you right now is sufficient. If you have faith in it, it's sufficient. But we, but we don't want, really, we're looking for a loophole. Because uh, we're saying, well, Lord, uh, give, uh, remove this thorn, or give me more faith. Uh, and nothing changes, and so we think, well, then, Lord, I just can't do it. And oftentimes, the Lord's like, what would you like me to do more for you? Would you like me to die more for you? Would you like me to give you a different spirit that's more powerful than the Holy Spirit that created the universe? Would you like me to give you more Bible other than the 66 books that I gave you? Would you like me to give you a different pastor, a different prophet or apostles, you know, a, a sixth member of the ministry? that was more powerful than all of them combined. What would you like me to do differently than I've already done for you? Well, when you put it like that, Lord, just you forget I ever asked, right? I mean, oftentimes, see, if we would if we'd be more plain spoken with the Lord and really get down to what we're actually asking, right? See, uh, we don't want to ask it like that because it, it, it almost always makes us look bad. Lord, increase our faith because what you've given to us is not sufficient. That's the way what, what Peter was saying, right? Lord, increase our faith. The disciples were saying, Lord, increase our faith because what you've given to us so far is not enough to, to handle this situation. Of course, Jesus said, look, if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, 
a tiny little faith. And so apparently they had less than that, which is pretty small. You ever seen mustard seed? It's dust, right? It's not like a walnut, you know, a seed, right? A walnut's big. You can see it and throw it and bean somebody in the head with it, and it would hurt them, right? A mustard seed, it, you know, if I had one seed up here, you couldn't even see it. That's how, that's how small it is. And so, so Paul pressed in, but he got the answer. Now, it wasn't the answer that he was asking for. And any time that you ask for something that's outside the will of God, he's not obligated to respond. But if you want it bad enough, he will respond. If you want the answer bad enough, he will respond. Amen? But you've got to be willing to accept his answer. Now, Paul was. Are you willing to accept it? When you say, Lord, remove this thorn on my side, and the Lord's like, I placed you there to help them. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to do that, Lord. Yeah. Well, then who else? Can I? I've got nobody else, right? Sometimes there's nobody else. Amen? I know, I know a pastor that uh, he took me out to lunch one time. He said, he said I'm thinking about uh, closing down my church, opening up another church. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, sometimes you know, the will of God is to move churches, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if the Lord says, I need you to go somewhere else, then that's fine, right? But then he said, the reason why I'm doing it is because uh, they won't give. They won't come to my special meetings. They won't support me. They won't come out and help on Saturdays when I need to help. They're just, they're just a bunch of deadheads. Now, and I'm thinking, okay, you haven't told me anything that says the will of God. You haven't told me anything that says the, the plan of God is for you to move. Amen? You've just told me that you don't like where you're at. Uh, and he said, what do you think? And I said, well, you know, what I think is the only thing that matters is the will of God. That's it, right? Once you know you're in the will of God, well, what, what if there's only two people there? Are you in the will of God? Then that's the will of God. You know, then, then you figure out how to cause it to grow. Amen? And maybe it's slow. Maybe it's slower than you want doesn't matter. Are you in the will of God? Uh, and, and it just went right over his head. I mean, just, he, didn't, he didn't get it, right? And so I knew his spiritual father, and I saw him out in a, in a meeting out in California. And I said, hey, you know, none of my business, you know, what happens there, right? I mean, you know, they, they, didn't, they, didn't, uh, they don't answer me or anything like that. And so I said, I, but I just want you to know that we had this conversation. And, and I'm just concerned, because if you get out of the will of God, it's, it's never good for you. Because, see, uh, being in the will of God or out of the will of God, you can't determine that by natural observations. So if suddenly, you know, we have 600 people here in the church, we must be in the will of God. Is that, is that how you determine the will of God? Uh, and so if, if we only have 60 people in the church, are we then out of the will of God? I mean, how is that the measure of the will of God? Amen? Uh, if I have a lot of money, I must be in the will of God. If I don't have any money, I must be out of the will of God. You know, you can't, you can't determine the will of God by natural observations. But people do it all the time, right? We in the church do it all the time. Well, if I got the job, it must be God's will for me to have the job. If I don't get the job, it must not be God's will for me to have the job. I thought the Spirit of God lived on the inside of me. I thought he said that he would lead me and guide me in all truth, not whether that person who's hiring me uh, determines uh, to, to give me the job or not. I thought the Spirit of God in me is what leads me. Most of the time, the church is, well, let's see how it goes, and if it goes well, then that's the will of God. Then, then Jesus was out of the will of God uh, by going to Nazareth that day because it was complete failure. Jesus was out of the will of God going to the cross because that was not a good thing for him, was it? You know, he could have stayed on the earth and helped the people there more. Uh, of course, he said it was to their advantage that he left. Uh, and so we can't determine the will of God by natural observations. I must be out of the will of God because the church isn't growing. I had one pastor said, that, uh, you know, of course, he was pastor of a big church. He said, if your church isn't growing, it's already dead. Like, you know, that's, that's, again, measuring the will of God by, what we, by, chairs that we, by counting chairs. That, that is such a terrible way to measure the will of God. Uh, to me, uh, the will of God is, the, first of all, the witness on the inside of my heart. Am I where I'm supposed to be? And, and secondly, is the Lord blessing uh, me and, you know, the, the things as a minister, as a pastor, is he giving me revelation and insight? Is the Spirit of God here? Well, then that's the will of God. Amen? Because if the Spirit of God's not here, I'd start asking questions, right? If I didn't sense the Spirit of God here, I'd be like, Lord, I mean, something's going on. Either, either I'm out of the will of God or there's something else going on. Amen? Now, sometimes, I mean, I mean there was one, one morning when, when a family came in late, and they brought all their carnality with them that day. I mean, they came in the door, and it's just, you know, they, they, it was him and the wife and several kids and, and a bucket load of carnality. They came in the door, and the Spirit of God said, I don't want to be here. Uh, and so, because uh, they, they had been arguing before church, and then came to church and brought it with them in church, and, you know, they didn't repent before they got to church. They just said, well, nobody will notice. The Spirit of God noticed. And because he noticed, I noticed. And so we ended up teaching on, on love that whole, whole session, whole, 
Because when, when the Spirit of God, all you got to do is teach the Word, amen? Because uh, He's not here, so, I, you know, uh, one of these days I'm thinking, well, that, that's happened only like twice since I've been a pastor. And I'm thinking, you know, if it happens again, maybe I'll just go with Him. You know, where's, where are you going? The Spirit of God's leaving, I'm leaving too, right? <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow, but, uh, you know, right now He's not here, so I'm leaving too. Uh, but, um, you know, they, they, they thought they were in the will of God by coming to church, right? And would say, and that's good. Uh, but they should, they should have repented before they got to church, amen? So you can't determine the will of God by natural observations. If you do, you're going to be in trouble. And so I told this, this, this pastor's spiritual father, I said, you know, I'm, just, I'm concerned because he didn't say anything about the will of God. He said what, only his feelings. And I said, if you, and, if you, and if you respond and, and operate by your feelings only, I said, that's never going to be good. And then the fellow said, he, he was my senior in, in the Lord. He said, uh, oh, well, that was my idea for him to move this church. And I thought, open, open mouth, insert foot. And from that point on, I was persona non grata with that minister. How dare you say I was wrong? I am not the Lord Jesus here. You're, you know, uh, whatever you're doing, you know, I would never tell somebody, well, if people don't support you, just move, leave, go somewhere else. I, I mean, that, that, that is terrible. Because, uh, you know, Nineveh was a terrible city, and the Lord sent Jonah there. Now, he didn't know if he'd be successful or not. He was concerned it would be, right? That was the whole problem with Jonah. He was, oh, yeah, Lord's gracious and merciful. He'll probably be good to them when he go over there. But what if they didn't receive him? The Lord still sent him. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, so, so if, you know, if, I, I wasn't trying to stir up anything, but I stirred up something, you know, and, and how dare you, conf- you know, tell me I'm wrong. And it's like, you know, I mean, if you're my senior, Lord, senior in, in, in the Lord, that's fine. I, I, I was kind about it, nice about it. I was not disrespectful about it. You're still wrong. I don't care, you know, if, if you're 100 years older than me, if you're not following the word of God, I'm not following that. Amen? Amen? Right. I, I'm not, I don't care if you've been breathing air, you know, 100 years longer than me. Uh, I, I am not required to follow you just because you're older than I am in the Lord. Now, I respect you and honor you, and I would never disrespect or dishonor you at all. But I'm not following a man's carnal plans. It doesn't, you know, well, we've got this great deal right here. You know, if you give it like an, like an AR-15 away at church, you know, you'll get all kinds of people coming to church. Fine, I'm not doing that. Right. I'm not doing it. That's not God's plan. Yeah. Uh, if you go through the book of Acts, the church grew by two reasons, either uh, miracles and signs and wonders or the word of faith was taught. And that's the only, uh, that's the only way I see growing a church. Amen. Uh, and, and, and so we're going to stay the course. Yeah. We're not going to start having, you know, uh, carnal days, you know, well, carnal days, you know, just, you know, flesh out and come to church and we'll let you come and all is well, right? Uh, and so, again, I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not upset at them. But uh, I'm not operating, operating by what I observe in the natural realm. Amen? And so, so, so the Lord rebuked, uh, rebuked Paul in that statement, right? And Paul was wise enough to receive the, the correction and change and said, I'll gladly do that, Lord. I'll glad, are you going to be glad to, to follow God's plan? Even if it's a thorn in the side? Well, I don't want to sign up for that. Then you'll never really know the blessings of God. Because the, all the blessings of God are only found in the faithfulness of your service to Him. And if you refuse to be faithful to Him, to do what He asks you to do, then, then you're just going to have a mediocre life. Uh, and, and, you know, some Christians, they're perfectly fine with that. You go back to the Israel, children of Israel, and they said, we had it better in Egypt. When the Lord said, hey, I need you to go and walk in faith. We had it better in Egypt. Why? Because they didn't have to walk in faith in Egypt. They were just told what to do and fed automatically. They required no faith to, to be a slave. You know, it didn't require any faith to be a slave. Amen. Uh, and, and some of them wanted to go back to Egypt. And they were slaves in Egypt. And you're like, doesn't anybody else see how dumb this is, right? I got questions. But, but they, they, they wanted to go back to Egypt. Some of them, some of them, not all of them did, but some of them, because why? There was no expectation to be faithful to the Lord uh, in Egypt. Uh, and, and so some Christians are just okay with that. And they're okay with not having the blessings of heaven. They're okay with just their mediocre, you know, meager life that they live uh, of no faith and no blessings from heaven. Uh, and I, I, uh, that, that, to me, is one of the hardest things that I see as a, as a, as a Christian, not just as a pastor and a minister, but as, I say, how can you not want more? How can you not want to be a better person? How can you not want to want more faith and more uh, revelation from heaven? How can you be satisfied with where you are? You know, I, I've been a Christian now for more than 40 years. I'm still never satisfied where I am. Lord, there's more. 
There's more I've got to learn. There's more I've got, I've got to experience with you, Father. There's more word I've got to read and more prayers I've got to pray and, and more revelation I've got to pursue. Uh, it, it's out there. And I, if it's out there, then I want it. Uh, and yet, uh, many times, not always, but many times, the, the church is, nah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with nothing. I just, I just, I don't know. I, I never have understood that. I don't guess I'll ever understand that. But <laughs> let's turn to First Kings o- Old Testament here. Let's look at another example. And, and I just, you know, we could be on this, we could go through so many different examples uh, of people uh, that, that pursued God to, to, uh, to the end, amen, to got, get the answers that they wanted and desired. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't know how long we'll go here, right? We'll just, we'll just go until it's time to stop going. Um, and so this is the story of, of Elijah. Uh, and, you know, Elijah was, was an interesting fellow, right? Uh, and um, uh, he was a prophet of God, but, you know, he was not perfect. Amen. Uh, and so, but I do like Elijah. You know, I like, like when he was uh, doing the, the, the uh, 450 prophets of Baal. Man, he was making fun of them uh, and, and ragging on them. You know, and sometimes people, you know, as a minister, you should never make fun of people. Oh, well, Elijah did uh, and didn't have any problem with the Lord about doing it, right? So if you're going to be stupid, I'll probably make fun of you, right? If you're going to say things against God, I will probably make fun of you and not feel bad about it. Well, you know, you need to, no, Elijah did it and he was okay with him. So sometimes that spirit of Elijah gets on me and I'll just, uh, sometimes people say things and I'll just laugh at him. It's like, why are you laughing? It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, you know? Uh, and, and they get offended at me. Well, what, you know, I'm not the stupid one here. You should be offended at, at the mirror, right? Go home and look at the mirror. That'll offend, that should offend you, right? Uh, and so anyway, I, I like Elijah. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes mocking people's uh, sin is perfectly appropriate. Amen. Now, that's not for everybody, right? Uh, everybody can't do that. I'm really good at it, right? And so I have to, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes Chris goes, now you shouldn't say that, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, sometimes it's got to be said. Amen. Uh, and I can say it with a smile on my face, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, I think you just offended me. I don't even know. I think, you know. Uh, and so... So here's Elijah. It's, let's start in verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 1. It says, Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, and unto, uh, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. That's a powerful statement. The prophet of God said it will not rain. And not even not rain, it will not have any dew on the ground. You know, you, uh, you ever seen a really dewy morning, right? It's been real humid and you wait, and, and there's a lot of water in there. You, you know, if you really were desperate, you could sop up some, a lot of that water and, and, and survive. Uh, and, and so the prophet said, no, no rain, no dew until I decide it's going to. Now, you know, he had to do that by the will and plan of God. The Lord, the Lord had given him the unction to do that. And so, uh, so from that point on, uh, about three and a half years, there was no rain at all in Israel. And you think if there's no rain in Israel, then there's no crops in Israel. If no crops in Israel, then, you know, that, that's how, you know, there was no Walmarts to deliver back then, right? Uh, and so uh, there was no crops, and there's no crops, there's no, there's no cattle. Uh, famine sets in, right? Then people start dying. Uh, and it's because, the, the reason is because of Ahab, right? And who was Ahab's wife? Jezebel, right? I mean, now Jezebel is, is, is almost like a, a common word. Oh, you're a Jezebel, right? And now it's an adjective, right? Uh, because people are Jezebels now. Uh, and they are, right? And, and uh, the, the suspicion I had, we don't get a lot of information, but the suspicions I had about Ahab was he, that Jezebel was pulling most of the strings with Ahab. Because Ahab had a relationship with, with uh, uh, Elijah, and it was odd. You know, they talked a lot, you know, and did, did things together. Uh, I mean, not uh, like friends or anything, but, but uh, they interacted a lot together. Uh, and I wonder, uh, it, it seems like in this case, at least, that Je- Jezebel was pull- pulling a lot of strings uh, with the king uh, Ahab there. And so let's fast forward then uh, to the next chapter, uh, into uh, to verse 1 also in chapter 18. It says, it, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, so it's been three years now, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went and showed himself to Ahab, and there was sore famine in Israel. And so a lot of things happened. You know, the, uh, this is when they, uh, he went up with the 450 prophets of Baal and, and destroyed all of them and, of course, made fun in doing that uh, to them. And then you come all the way down to verse 41, uh, and, Eli- and, and it says, 
Elijah said unto Ahab, uh, now the Lord told him to go tell him this in verse 1, but it took him 41 verses to get there, right? And Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So now, uh, so the Lord told uh, Elijah that it's going to rain. You go tell Ahab it's going to rain, and so that's what he did, right? Uh, and uh, there is a sound of abundance of rain. Other translations said, for it is the rumbling sound of rain. For, for there is to be the thunderous commotion of rain, uh, because there is a roaring of rain in the air. There's a voice of multitude of rain. There is a sound of the rushing of rain, and because a heavy rain is coming, for there is a sound of rushing rain. So uh, Elijah knew. Now, you think anybody else heard that? I don't think anybody else heard it. I think the prophet heard it, but I don't think anybody else heard it. And so he tell, he's telling the king uh, to go do that. Uh, and so... It continues on to verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. Uh, you know, it's interesting because uh, Ahab had such a conflict with Elijah and Jezebel had such a... Remember, Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And then, of course, he went up later on in chapter 18 and, and, and uh, complaining to the Lord, you know, they're going to kill me and, uh, and I just want to die. Well, that's not true because you could have just stayed where you were and Jezebel said she would kill you, right? And so now he's complaining to the Lord, I just want to die. Well, you, that's not... You ran away from the, the, the girl, right? You ran away from the little girl over there named Jezebel, uh, and you could have just stayed there and she would have killed you. You know, that's what she said. So, you know, we're all, we're all humans, amen? Even the prophet of God can be... Uh, remember, uh, the Lord... Uh, we'll just take a, a small uh, side uh, uh, journey here. After all this happened, uh, then uh, in verse 9 of chapter 19, uh, he's now up on the mountain running away from, the, from, uh, from Jezebel, and he said, he came thither uh, unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Uh, and so the Lord says, you know, go do these things. Uh, and, he, and he went and did those things. It comes down to verse 13. And so when Elijah heard it, then he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in, uh, in the entering in the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Now, what, that's the second time the Lord asked him the question. Uh, and and my, my observation in this and other stories in the Word of God is anytime the Lord repeats the same question, pause before you answer it. Amen. But did Elijah pause? He didn't pause. He said, I have been very jealous, he says the exact same thing, uh, of the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, slain thy prophets with a sword, and I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Uh, and the Lord said, go down, go down the wilderness there. Uh, uh, and uh, he comes down to verse 18, says, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, uh, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So, uh, how many had the Lord? How many servants did the Lord have in Israel? Seven thousand who were unwilling to yield to Baal. How many did Elijah see? Only me. You ever thought you're the only one serving God? The prophet couldn't even see them. And the Lord said, "I've got seven thousand. I don't know what, what are you talk about. You know." But, you know, sometimes we think I'm the only one serving God, you know. Uh, and and I, I learned, you know, for me personally, I learned from that that I will never say, Lord, I'm the only one doing the will of God. I know people who say those things. Lord, I'm the only one. This church is the only church serving God. No other church is serving God. Well, how do you know? Have you been to all the other churches? A lot of times we get that spiritual pride about, you know, well, you know, we must be the only one serving God for real. Everybody else is, you know, not, you know. Uh, and, and the Lord's like, uh, would you like a list? I got a whole list of people that you don't even know about that's serving me just as faithful as you are, right? Have not bowed their knee to Baal. Uh, and so we've got to be careful about getting all, uh, you know, Lord, I'm the only one serving you. The prophet thought that, and the Lord asked him twice. And he said the same thing. He should have said, Lord, uh, what are you trying to get to before I answer the question? You know, is there something I need to know more about before I answer the question? Uh, and so, so back down to chapter 18 and verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast, him, he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Now, what did the Lord tell Elijah was going to happen? Rain. The Lord told him rain was going to happen. 
So, but, but you remember what he said. He said, according to my word is when the rain's going to happen, right? Uh, and so, so now he's got a part to play in it, amen? Uh, he's got a part to play in the rain coming. The Lord said it's coming, but Elijah still has a part to play in that. Uh, and so he said in verse 43, he said unto his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And so Elijah went home and said, I guess it wasn't God's will for it to rain. Is that the story? Is that, that'd be a pretty boring end of the story, right? To that, uh, oh, well, I, I, maybe I thought I heard the Lord, but maybe it wasn't the Lord. You, you ever done that? You know, you knew for sure that God spoke to you, and then, uh, and then it didn't happen exactly, exactly the way you thought the next day. Maybe I didn't hear from heaven. Maybe I heard wrong. Uh, a lot of people have second-guessed themselves, amen, uh, and, 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 and judged the word of the Lord, again, by what they observe, right? So the word, word of the Lord said it's going to rain, and, and Elijah prayed, and there's no rain. So what's he going to do? I guess, not, I guess it's not God's will for it to rain. No, what, what did he do? He said, and he said, go again seven times at the end of verse 43. So uh, he prayed. Go look. What do you see? Nothing. Okay. He went and prayed again. Go look. What do you see? Nothing. Well, I know it's God's will for it to rain. Well, why is it raining? I don't know. See, he doesn't know why. And, you, and the Lord's not obligated to tell you why because he already told you it's going to rain. So between now and it raining, your job is to, is to stay the course. Amen. Your job is to do the will of God that you know in your heart. All, with, with, with all that's in your heart, you do the will of God. What if, the, what if the circumstances don't seem to look good? What's the will of God? Amen? Uh, what's the will of God for that pastor, the pastor of that church? And that, he, that, you know, I'm in this tiny little town up on this knob of a hill, is what he said. Up on this knob of this hill. Well, is it God's will for you to be there or not? If it is, then you stay the course. Seven days, seven months, seven years, whatever it takes. Amen? Uh, and he said, uh, seven times, there's nothing. There's nothing. How bad do you want it? You want to stay on your knees uh, another hour, another day, another year, seven times? How bad do you want? Th- you know it's the will of God for it to rain. Are you willing to stay the course until the rain arrives? Amen? And, 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 we're supposed, and the Lord wrote these stories for us, to encourage us. Amen? If you know with all your heart the will of God, then you follow with all that, that's in you. And you don't turn left or right. You know, for me, uh, going to the church that I was with, my, my pastor, I knew 100% it was the will of God for me to be there. And the stories are not always happy stories, right? You've heard many of the stories, right? They're difficult stories about being there. But I couldn't change the course of God. If he said to go there, then I couldn't just leave. Uh, Christians, you know, today, you say the smallest thing, I'm out of here. <laughs> Fine. You know? I had one person tell me, if you don't change, we're leaving. Well, let me get the door for you. Because I'm staying the course. Amen? You don't like me teaching about faith? You don't like me mentioning Kenneth, H- Kenneth E. Hagin's name? Let me mention it one more time. Kenneth E. Hagin, right? One person said, you mentioned his name. You love Kenneth Hagin more than Jesus. I'm like, really? Have you not ever met me? Uh, and so uh, I said, well, okay. Well, uh, can I ever mention his name? Oh, yeah, you can mention his name. Some. Then, see, then I knew I got him. Because he then, because... Because doubt and unbelief is stupid, right? And I said, okay, well, can I mention his name once in a service? Yeah, yeah, once is okay. Okay, well, how about two? Uh, well, yeah, two. Yeah, no, you know, see, he's just clueless, right? I know, I, well, you know, and, and, and so I got the 15. How about 15 times in a service? No, you can't mention his name 15 times in a service. Uh, then I got, oh, why not? You got book, chapter, verse for 14? You don't got a book, chapter, verse for 14. So where'd you come up with 15? Why is that the number? Why not 12? Why not 13 and a half? What if I just mentioned Kenneth, but not Kenneth Hagen? I mean, can I mention what about his son, Kenneth Hagen Jr.? Is that okay? See, see doubt and unbelief is so dumb. Yeah. Amen? And they'll, they try to turn everything into legalism. Well, if you don't quit mentioning his name, I'm leaving. Let me get the door for you. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to stay the course. Amen? And if you're here by the will of God, me mentioning Kenneth Hagen's name is not going to cause you to leave and not cause you to stay. You're here by the will of God. Are you here by the will of God? You're only going to be blessed by following the will of God. Amen? If you're here because I don't mention certain people's names too much, that's dumb, right? It's so dumb. 
It's so childish, right? Well, you just stand before the Lord Jesus someday. Did I call you to go to the church? Yes, Lord. Why didn't you stay? Well, Lord, they mentioned Kenneth Hagin's name too many times. Brother Hagin, come here. Come here. And Pastor Chip, come here. Let's have a powwow right here. Uh, 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 so-and-so, this is Kenneth E. Hagin, my servant. This is Pastor Chip Bullion, my servant, you know. Uh, uh, and could you, could you tell me uh, what book, chapter, and verse you have for leaving that church that I called you to go to? Well, Lord, uh, he mentioned his name too many times. Brother Hagin, do you have a problem with him mentioning his name? No. Uh, Pastor Chip, do you have a problem with him mentioning him? No. Uh, well, I'm the head of the church. I didn't have a problem with him mentioning his name too many times. So uh, let, me, let me scour the Word of God. I'm pretty sure I know what the Word of God says. Let me see. Uh, there's nothing in there that says you can't mention so-and-so's name too many times, right? Uh, and, and would you like to say that you judged him, that the pastor that he loves, uh, this man over here, more than he loves me? Would you like to repeat that particular judgment? Uh, uh, no, Lord. Can I go home? Uh, uh, you know, can, can I go now? No, we're going to stay here talking about it for another thousand years, right? Uh, uh, and so it's just, look, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I, I have no desire to offend anybody. Amen. But I'm going to stay the course. And, you know, some people like that and some people just don't. Some people, you know, they come in here and they, they see, you know, oh, I can't push over the pastor, so I'm leaving. Yeah. Fine, right? I mean, that, that's fine, right? Because some people, there's, you know, it doesn't matter how big or small a church you got. Somebody's always got the designs to overthrow the church, right? Uh, and that, right now, there's nobody doing that, and, and so all is well, right? But, uh, but more than likely, there will come a time when somebody will walk in that door and think, oh, I'm going to take this church over. Not going to happen, right? Because, I mean, it's just, I'm here by the will of God, and, and you can't get me to leave. Amen? Well, if you, don't, if you don't change, I'm leaving. I mean, I'm still here. Amen? And, and, uh, and they're gone. So, no, look, I don't want them to leave. I'm not, you know, uh, if they came back tomorrow, I'd be fine with it. Because I'm not going to get bitter and upset about people and hold things against them. If they came back tomorrow, I'd be fine with it, right? Unless you ask him, why'd you leave? Well, he said, Kenneth Hagin's to me down. Oh, you're that guy. You're that guy, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, now, it, see, if they, were, if, they were, if they were really sincere Christians, they'd say, yeah, I was that guy, and I had to repent for that. See, that's what a sincere Christian would do. I was wrong. Uh, but, you know, those are uh, people that do stuff like that. It's rare that they'll ever change. Now, they can. I, don't, I believe they can, I, and I want them to change. But the, the, they go from church to church, you know, uh, and they, they said, I don't teach enough word here. I don't teach enough Bible here. Like, really? I, I mean, really? I, you know, there's a lot of things that I may not be great at, but, you know, I think we read a lot of Bible around here, don't you think? Right? Yeah, but they said, I don't want to teach enough Bible around here. I'm, I'm gone. Like, well, I, don't know. I mean, unless you just sit there and read all the Bible and nothing else, I guess we could do that. Uh, and so, so seven times, go, uh, go again seven times. Are you willing to, if you know God spoke to you, are you willing to get back on your knees until the answer comes? Well, I tried it six times. You know, so many Christians quit at six. And they never see the blessings of heaven because they quit at six. Uh, and so many times, the answer is one second away. You know, the nation of Israel, at the furthest point they were ever, they were only like two weeks away of walking to the promised land. Sometimes there were days, uh, just a couple of days journey from the promised land. So close. And yet they spent 40 years in wilderness. Now that's bad directions right there, right? I mean, you got really, you know, no GPS at all if they can't find their way to the promised land after 40 years. <clears throat> but they were so close. And so much of the church is so close to the blessings of heaven, but they won't get back on their knees one more time. They won't stay the course. Amen? They quit at six. Uh, and, and, they, and, well, it must not be God's will to, to reign because uh, he said it was going to rain, but, you know, I prayed six times and it didn't rain, so I guess it wasn't God's will for it to rain. And so what they do, they judge the will of God by what they observed in the natural realm. Uh, amen. And you will always fail if you only judge the will of God by what you can observe in, in this natural realm. You've got to know, what, he said he would fill you with a real knowledge of, knowledge of his will. Fill you with the knowledge of his will. And if you're filled with the knowledge of his will, then you, don't, you won't change the course and direction of your life. If you know you're, that you're on that course, then you stay that course. Amen. I was with my pastor till the day he, he went home to be with heaven. And I would not change the course. I can't tell you how many people said, I can't believe you're still at that church. I can't believe you're still there. The will of God was for me to be there. Amen? Well, you know, you should only stay as long as it's nice. You know, I would never leave unless the Lord tells me it's time to leave. Now, he did tell me it was time to leave at some point in time. But just like in this church right here, what if everybody leaves? I don't care. I'm still here. What if, what if everybody gets mad and doesn't come back to church? I'll, I will still be here. If I have to preach to Chris or that, that uh, sign over there, that, that's fine. Until the Lord says to go, I'm here. Amen? And I tell the Lord that all the time. 
that way I, I pray the prayer of consecration dedication. I'll come in and I don't do it very often, uh, uh, but every now and then I'll say, Lord, if you want me to be here in this church in Dayton, Tennessee, the rest of my natural life, I will be here. If we have, you know, we've got whatever people we've got here today. If we, if we have this quantity of people, uh, the rest of my life, I'm here. Now, if the Lord says to go somewhere else, it's fine. Uh, but I'm not going to uh, count chairs and go, it must be, not be God's will for me to, you know, I get a call, hey, pastor, we got this big church opened up, you know, you come down, would you come down and pastor us, you know, at this big church over here? Uh, you know, I might take a five seconds and say, Lord, uh, I mean, you know, it wouldn't hurt to ask the Lord. Uh, but if he says, stay the course, no problem. Sorry, I can't go. But it's a great opportunity. It's not a great opportunity if it's out of the will of God. Amen. It's a terrible opportunity. Amen. And so, uh, seven times he now this the, the prophet see he knew the word of God but he still had to pray it out amen a lot of times we know the will of God for our lives but we're not willing to pray it out to get to get the answer to come from heaven well why is that I don't know but that's what we see from the word of God we see sometimes we know the will of God but unless we pray it's not going to come to pass God needs us on the earth to receive his blessings to receive his plan and, and he has decided on his side that he wants to partner with humanity. I know we're his servants, but we are his, also his partners. He said in 1 Corinthians 3, 9 that we are labors together with him. I know we labor for him, but we are labors together with him. Elijah was laboring with the Lord to get rain on the earth. The Lord said, it needs to rain. Elijah said, okay, I'll, I'll pray it out. One time, nothing. Two times, nothing. Three times, nothing. Four, five, six, nothing. Do it again. Go look again. And finally, he said, it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand, just tiny little cloud out of the man's hand. He said, that's it. Time to go, boys. He said, get up. Uh, say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot. Get thee down, the rain, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heavens was black with clouds and wind. And there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezebel, uh, Jezreel. Uh, and so uh, Elijah, you know, was, was willing to stay the course. And there's just, now look, a lot, of, a lot of our life, we pray, we get the answer, it's wonderful, right? Some things we have to pray and stay the course. We pray and nothing happens. We pray and nothing happens. But why is that? Well, sometimes the Lord, he's, if you think about how the Lord operates, he always elevates and, and emphasizes faith. And sometimes he needs to see your faith before he'll respond. We read that with the, with the woman, you know, the Syrophoenician woman. He had to see her faith before he's willing to respond. Amen. Uh, and sometimes he needs to see your faith that you believe that, that the word of the Lord has been spoken, it shall be done. You know, a lot of times we do things because we, well, that's just what we do, right? But there's no faith in it. We're just going through the motions. Uh, and, and sometimes our hearts have to change. Lord, I know you spoke to me. I'm at sixth here. I know you spoke to me. I, I'm going to ask you again. Send the rain. Send the rain, Father. Uh, and, and the Lord's like, now you're in faith. And now the answer will come. And so sometimes it takes, it takes effort on our part to do these things. And so, again, the whole purpose of, of this message is how bad do you want the answer of heaven? How bad do you want to, to get with what you know in your heart Lord's promised you, but you haven't gotten it yet, but you know with all your heart that it belongs to you? How much have you prayed about it? Well, I, I prayed once and it didn't happen. So, you know, I'm just, well, if the Lord wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. Elijah didn't think that. Lord, send the rain. He needs us to pray. Amen. He responds to faith. I know he's a sovereign God and he can do things on his own sometimes. But for the most part, he waits on the church to, to pray it out for him to be able to respond. He's waiting for us to pray the prayer of faith. He's waiting for us to spend the time on our knees, to spend time in, in, in saying, Lord, uh, it shall be so. You said it shall be so. It shall be so. It will come to pass. Amen. Just like this church shall be full. It will, it will come to pass. Amen. We'll have to knock out walls and go to second floors or whatever we have to do, but it will come to pass. Amen. Well, how can that happen yet? I don't know. I don't care. It, the Lord desires all of his church to be full. So he wants his church to be full. Amen. Uh, and so it hasn't happened yet. I don't care. What if it, ha- it doesn't happen tomorrow? It doesn't matter. It's going to happen. Amen. Uh, and so, because that's my faith. I'm not changing course and direction. Amen. Uh, how bad do you want the blessings of heaven? Are you willing to, seven times? He knew the, Lord, the word of the Lord has been spoken, but he still had to pray it out. Amen? Yes. Uh, and so, that, that see, the Lord recorded that for our benefit. Right. That yes, the Lord does hear our prayers. 
The Lord answers prayers. But sometimes he's waiting on you to see if you're really in faith. He's waiting on you. Are you really in faith? I mean, it's easy one time, right? Seven times on your knees. It's so hard, you know. It's just so hard, you know. Praying, you know. And, just, and so I quit after three. And I was like, man, I just, you know, seven was the number. If you just gotten to seven, that, that was the number. He's got a plan in heaven. And it's our job to, to execute the plan. Amen. Not to second guess him and go, I guess God didn't say it was going to rain after all. Uh, by my natural observation, God has changed his mind. Well, that, that, that would be a terrible thing to say, yet Christians have, have come to that conclusion many times. I guess God didn't want me to be blessed after all. Didn't he tell you he wanted you to be blessed? Yeah. But he must have changed his mind. Uh, not, not my God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you that we will stay the course. Father, we want to learn from the prophet. We want it bad enough, Father, to, to, if we have to stay on our knees, we'll stay on our knees, Father. We'll get the answer. If you spoke to us, Father, we'll get the answer. You called us to come to this town, Father, uh, to this city, to speak the word of faith, Father, uh, to bless your people. And so, Father, we, we will stay the course. We will not change course and direction, Father. And whatever you've called us to do, each and, into, each and every one of us, Father, you've called us all to certain things in this life. Uh, I, I ask you to encourage us all, Father, to stay the course. If we know that the Lord has spoken, then stay the course. Pray it out. Speak again. It will come to pass. It shall come to pass. Uh, and Father, if you've spoken, you, you never change your mind. Uh, we thank you, Father. That's the only thing that can hinder you, Father. And your plan on the earth is doubt and unbelief. And so, Father, we thank you that we will be people of faith. We will hear from heaven and execute. We will read your word, Father, and follow it diligently. And, Lord, we thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. You know, the, uh, Elijah, we appreciate the, the blessings of Elijah. Amen. That he stayed the course. And um, he just spoke no rain, and it happened immediately. It took him a long time to get the rain to start back up. Amen. It was a lot harder to get the rain to start back up than it was to stop it to begin with. But he stayed the course, and we're thankful for that. Amen. Uh, and so let's get ready to receive uh, this morning's tithes and offerings. And um, uh, I think, uh, is it next week we're going to do our, um, um, uh, our business meeting? Yeah, just real quick, let's, let's bow our heads uh, just real quick and let's, let's pray and then we'll receive the offering. Uh, and, uh, and just real quick, if, uh, if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus and um, uh, you've never asked him into your heart, you've never, never uh, been a Christian before, uh, and if you'd like to receive the Lord Jesus, like to get born again, like to get saved, uh, we'd love to pray with you and pray for you. Amen. Get you in the kingdom of heaven on your way uh, to your eternal destiny with the Lord Jesus. Amen. So if you'd like us to pray with you uh, to get saved today, if you'll raise your hand, we'll, we'll do that. Amen. Uh, get you into the kingdom of God and with all the blessings that are due the children of God. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give today. We thank you that it's a blessing to give, Father. We thank you that you've blessed us and increased us uh, financially in our individual lives. And so with a great gladness of heart, we, we sow into the ministry of the Lord Jesus, Father, into this church. We thank you, Father, that as we sow, that the, our, our seed, Father, is multiplied uh, to the work of the, of the Lord here in this church, Father. We thank you as a result of us sowing that with good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over so men. Give it to our bosom. We thank you for these things, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Come ahead, Mr. Jared. Uh, and uh, don't forget, uh, um, healing school today at 3 o'clock. So we'll be back at uh, 3 o'clock uh, for healing school. And then uh, next, uh, uh, next Sunday is February, right? Uh, and so we'll have our church meal. And uh, we're doing, what, soup and, and appetizers, right? And so what do we do after we eat the appetizers? I mean, the appetizers are supposed to lead us into, into other food, right? Is there, uh, okay, all right, so we eat the appetizers first. Make sure you don't get any soup until after you eat all your appetizers, right? Uh, and so that'll be uh, next Sunday. And then before, before the uh, meal, we'll have our yearly business meeting, and that's just where we go over the church's finances, let you know where we spent uh, the money in the ministry. And, uh, and then uh, if you have questions, you know, uh, we'll always be glad to answer any questions related to that. Uh, and, uh, we, of course, we say this on a regular basis, but uh, we have the business meeting once a year. But if you'd like to know more about the church's finances before that, you're always welcome to. They're, they're open to anybody who wants to see them. 
uh, that uh, we care about. If it's none of your business, I'm not going to tell you, right? People come in there, you know, I ain't telling you, shut up, get out of here. But, but, um, uh, but if you're a, part, a member of the church, you know, we'll be glad to let you see uh, how the church's finances are being spent. I think you have a right to know that. Amen. Uh, so we'll do that uh, next week before the church meal. And um, uh, uh, prayer this Friday night? Okay, prayer this Friday night, 7 o'clock here at the church. All right, we'll be blessed and you're dismissed.